Once upon a time, there was a young woman named Elise who wanted to see the entire world and all the stories within it. One day, she met a white rabbit who asked her to come along for a journey of discovery. Welcome to Elise in Wonderland. Good morning, everyone. My name is Elise. I'm Jean. And we are the hosts of Elise in Wonderland. This is a show for those curious about the world's travel, culture, and new perspectives. Good morning, everyone. It is the 28th of January, and we are really excited because we have a great special guest mm -hmm. in the studio this morning. It's popular. Popular Mr. Mohammed Mohammed. Say hello to your listeners this morning. Hey, everyone. I am so glad to be here. I'm so excited to get started. Thank you for having me. We're so happy to have you, Mo. Momo's been kicking around with us for a little while here, and I've always talked about having him on the show because you're so inspiring and you have so much to talk about when it comes to your experiences and your travel and your culture. So we're super happy to have you. Good morning. Good Our morning. Pleasure. Yes. So we are today going to be talking about Momo's trip to Mecca, as well as a little bit of a background on how mm -hmm. he got there, what he brought back from this trip, and all about Momo and the Momo experience, which is his brand, his thing, and for anyone who knows him, is an amazing thing. So, um, Thank you. for all of you who didn't know, we met in a previous life. We actually discovered this this week. Very true. Very true. Where we were talking, I don't even know. I kind of joined <laughs> in on the conversation, yeah. and it was like, Jin's an American. Yes. Yes. So I came back home now. Yes. Me and Jin established that he was an American in the past life, and I was Chinese. Mm. And that I'm Punjabi. Yes. <laughs> That's our, our co-worker, Bupinder, actually confirmed right. that yes. for us. And it was correct in terms of our eating habits. Our eating habits, yes, yes. our eating oh, taste. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in love with Chinese food. <laughs> I love McDonald's. I could, eat, <laughs> I could eat Indian food all day, every day. <clears throat> so that's good that we've established that. Um, so how was your week, Jin? Um, my week is pretty much the same. As since I started st studying, right? So, I mean, in terms of the categories, are same: working, studying, sleeping, <laughs> eating between. Um, but yesterday, I had a dinner with uh, our Korean friend. Um, we had a kimbap, tteokbokki, dumpling, omoktang. I'm not sure you guys know about this, but kimbap. Let me introduce this. Um, the wrapped, it's kind of finger food. It's oh, wrapped mm. by seaweed inside. There's a rice. You can put anything so what you want, but that actually sounds. Good. I don't know what they be, but they sound really good. Like, yeah. sound really tasty. And I had uh, so much yesterday. So I think I still have something in my belly right yeah. now. <laughs> Me yeah. too. Mm -hmm. So my week was just full. I was actually just telling you that my stomach was <laughs> so full from Me this too. week. Must be feel guilty. I feel guilty a little bit. I went Cheap out day. every single night, every day to get something different um, and went to Toronto this weekend and ate ramen and ate some really good seafood so i think i'm gonna take a break this following yes. week yes. that's that's good though variety i can't complain i variety. mean life is good yeah variety what man. about you mo what'd you get up to this week not bad actually just adjusting back just you know mm. to the atmosphere the environment the people you know 10 Hard days away is very 
it's a heartbreak when you come back because the like, coffee oh, vacation's over, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, happy to be home. Happy to be in the North Strong and Free. Love Canada, so I'm <laughs> yes. happy to be here. When did you get back from Mecca? I got back actually January 10th. Okay. Let the 29th. Welcome December. to Canada. Welcome Thanks, back, man. and I'm glad you're all you're readjusted. Glad to be here. Glad so, to be home. That's great. We're so happy to have you back. Um, and we've been so we have been I have been following Momo's experience through Mecca, and he's very active on social media. So there's constant updates, which was really cool actually to see day to day your mm-hmm. experience, and you know from the very beginning what you were expecting to get out of it throughout to actually see what it is like there and i think you brought some stuff inside maybe where you shouldn't have been but (laughs) yeah Yeah, there's a lot of places where you can't record people have to sneak their way through it because they want to make sure they they let the people know that come there that it's uh, not a tourist attraction it's a spiritual Mm, place a spiritual journey so so i think it was a really unique point of view yeah we had to kind of be sneaky you know (laughs) but uh nonetheless it was a great experience everybody was recording and like it's kind of common law you have you have to, to yeah. capture for, your moments for good reason i mean they yeah. want to share their good experiences mm-hmm. right nothing like oh i don't know yeah you're right you just yeah well you got to show the people why they need to come and what they're mm-hmm. missing right so awesome. that's cool so we're just gonna go into our first song before we really bust into what your experience was like in mecca and you suggested we play this song love yours by j cole can you tell us why you recommended having the song for this episode um well for starters j cole is one of my most inspiring artists because mm-hmm. he kind of is so relative to today's world and he mm-hmm. touches kind of the certain aspects certain tough issues and struggles of like um minorities um and the struggle of growing up in a modernized world today um and the point of love yours is to like just understand the concept that Nobody has a life that's better than yours, and everybody has their own life, and mm-hmm. each single one of them is beautiful. You just gotta appreciate it and accept it. Love it. All right, so everyone, I hope you enjoy the song Love Yours by J. Cole, and we will be right back in a few minutes. Welcome back to Elise in Wonderland on 101.5 The Hawk. It's 9.13 a.m., and we are talking to Mr. Momo about his experience going to Mecca. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. I really love that song. And while we were listening, Momo was saying that he's the only rapper to go platinum with every single song without having a feature artist to yep. bump up the sales. Magic Cole. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and I really like that lyric, be- there's beauty in the struggle, ugliness in the success, and talking about how there's always going to be someone who has a bigger house, a better whatever. So focus on what's real to you and what's important to you. Life's a struggle. It's beautiful if you just kind of learn to accept it. Love it, man. Love your selection. Thank you so much. <laughs> so we're back talking to Momo. Tell us about a little bit about yourself, Momo, and how this Momo experience came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the experience, the Momo experience started... It was actually, it was like an epiphany. I was um, working like a 12-hour shifts at the hospital as a security officer. And uh, one day I just knew that this is not something I wanted to do, watch the clock go by mm-hmm. while I work. Because I wanted to do something I really love. And I remember from Steve Jobs, he said once that um, don't settle. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if the ones that are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that will change the world. And I actually took that to heart. So... I decided to hone in on my um, 
talent or skill, whatever you want to call it, and it was public speaking and like kind of getting to people's emotions and tapping into their emotions, being really relevant to what they do. Um, and that's when the Momo Experience was born. It was actually born in one night. It was. It's. It's. It's very funny. It was born in one night. My first video was recorded in the lounge in the hospital, mm. and um, it took me two weeks to post a video because I was so nervous. I was like, nobody wants to hear this. <laughs> blah, blah. Uh, and from there, just everything else was history after that. So, what what is your message with the Momo experience? Uh, I think it's mostly just to bridge the gap between people and establish a certain level of precedent when it comes to love, accepting diversity. Um, specifically, the major thing was me for like ending the stigma of mental health. Mm. Um, that's something that I was very dear to my heart. Um, not only because I suffered depression back in the day, but but because I seen the epidemic that are, that was arising in youth today. Um, I did a lot of gang reduction with the John Howard Society and. A lot of the problems were um, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, mm -hmm. mental health problems because mm -hmm. of not they're not being um, like they're not being focused on, they're not being taken seriously. And I just wanted to make a change. I didn't want to just sit around and say someone else will do it. So that's when the, I created the moment experience. It's kind of the experience that I bring to the world when it comes to dealing with certain aspects of life and the struggle. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So um, you've been through a crazy year. If I can yeah. say, if I can say so, interesting myself. to say the least. It's been an interesting <laughs> year. There has been an issue with your health that mm -hmm. I think has really impacted your message that I've mm -hmm. seen come from you. Can you talk a little bit about that and why it led to your trip to Mecca? Yeah. So we all know life is always going to hit you hard, and I think a lot was last year for me because I got sick and I was diagnosed with something called vanishing bile duct syndrome. And it's Vanishing an bile duct syndrome. syndrome. And, uh, <clears throat> of course, it only happens to Momo. It's the most uniquest, rarest kind of <laughs> disease for your liver. And it happens to me. Um, it, it was a shock, actually, at first, because it's not something that me and my parents thought was going to come back anytime soon. It mm -hmm. was something like that happened to me when I was a child at birth, and that was it, and the problem was solved. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, basically what vanishing bile duct syndrome is, is focuses on the liver um, and the tubes that, uh, take out and extract the nutrients from your food to filter through your liver was not there for me. They were all oh, vanished. Wow. So nothing was being, no nutrients were being absorbed by the body and everything was just right. working against me. So losing pounds after pounds, 40 pounds in a couple months. And uh, just things started to decline. And for a whole year, it's been, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. And um, I think that's when the... Um, the Momo experience had to kick in even in high gear the most, even for me, because I realized that I needed to stay afloat. You know what I mean? Um, I started doing more videos. I started doing uh, more more talks at schools and high schools, and I knew that this was something I wanted to do if it was the last thing I'd done. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of cliche, but you got to do what you love, even if it kills you. Right. Mm, that's That's pretty amazing, actually, that instead of... Saying I'm going to give up on all of this, mm -hmm. it was a it, it was, was a driver was to. Hard. So yeah, I I saw you through that. Yeah. I know it was hard, and so um, how how did you get to Mecca then? I know that the, this is connected a little bit. Yeah, so um, I think it was October or September. I was a I was approached by the Muslim Association of Hamilton, uh, the Mountain Mosque, 
Um, and they wanted to know what was the best thing they, they could have contributed, they could contribute. And knowing that there was an Umrah trip coming up, like a visit to Mecca, mm-hmm. I um, kind of asked. I was like, if there's a way they can just send me to Mecca, um, that would be a great opportunity for me. And um, my wish came through. Uh, it was It was first I had to make sure that the visa all worked out and everything like that. And once that word came back mid-November that I got my visa, mm-hmm. um, it was clear that I was going on my first spiritual journey of my life. And words cannot describe the excitement building up to the month of December 29th. Like, what a way to end the year. Mm-hmm. And before I left, um, I got my sixth or seventh round of test results back saying that... Uh, my liver was healing on its own. Wow. And, and this was after over a year. This was over a year, back and forth. It was Looking for oh. donors. And- yeah, that was another. Just the idea of looking for a donor is just beyond me. It's not something I ever thought I would uh, undergo mm-hmm. at a very early age of my life. But um, nonetheless, the amount of help, support, the amount of love and empathy I've seen from people made me realize that this world could be a better place if we just love a little more you know Mm. what i mean and it was proven to me like it wasn't a theory anymore and it was Mm. just it was beautiful so to end the year off going on a spiritual journey was something from like you can't even write it like (laughs) it wasn't something that you can plan you know that's why we say in our religion that god is the best planner overall in the end Mm -hmm. so as part of um religion you need to be invited to come to mecca is Mm -hmm. that right and so can, for those who have no idea mm. what is Mecca, why is this important, can you tell our listeners a little bit about where is Mecca and why it is important? And how big deal it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. so uh, basically uh, in Islam there's five pillars, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the Shahada, which is a testament mm-hmm. of the religion, the, the, one, the oneness of God and the Prophet as his last messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the second one would be the Salat, Siyam, and the charity giving, and the fifth one would be the pilgrimage, which is mm. the Hajj. Mm. Um, the one I did was a secondary one called the Umrah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not an obligatory one, but uh, it's part of the teachings of the Prophet um, And Kaaba is basically the what others call the big black box that's in the middle of mm-hmm. the Middle East that people go around. Um, and it was the first mosque and place of worship that has been built by Abraham, the Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him. Um, and the second one actually would, would be in Jerusalem. That's where we used to pray the direction first before that was built. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the significance is it, it's, it's, a, it's a way, it's a like spiritual journey that kind of makes you like understand your, your, your obligation as a Muslim and what mm-hmm. you need to do. And it gets you on a level of spirituality that you can't get anywhere else. Um, I spent five days in Mecca, actually, which is in Saudi Arabia, and five days in Medina, which is the Prophet city, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And that was, that was like a dream. And anybody that's listening <laughs> and has been there it can understand that it's not something you can describe by words. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a feeling of like serenity and peace because it's the Prophet city. And it's just known in our religion that the Prophet, peace be upon him, made prayers on that city to be always peaceful and fruitful. Hmm. So... That's wonderful. So actually, as we've been talking, we've had a few listener comments. Again, for anyone who wants to comment and join our chat, show, show up on at at least 101.5, our Facebook page. Please let us know you want to you want to join in. And we have some, some questions already. So someone asked, who Mo, who's your biggest inspiration? My dad. My mm-hmm. father. 
Tell he's us a king. <laughs> I have he's, met him. He's, he's a legend. He's he summed it up. My father is a great man because he single handedly raised two daughters and me, a son, in a foreign country. Mm. Um, and at first, he had no clue what to do. But just to watch him go through life with this attitude that actually he's the biggest inspiration to my book, and to watch him go through life with this attitude as if like there's nothing that can really stop us. Like you know what I mean and. He's my biggest motivator, man. If it wasn't for him, I would not be here. He's the one that always told me, like, I have something special and I'm going to change the world somehow. Wow. And, like, I swear, I, I, I feel like I'm doing everything just for him. Like, he's, he's just, he's my biggest, he's, it's my, my, my father and then my two sisters. Mm. You know? Are they listening right now? I think so, yeah, they are. They Send are. A message or something. Yeah. Yeah, man, love you guys, man. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for the inspiration and motivation and I'm going to do you guys proud. That's Very awesome. Cool. Thank you so so much, Mo. And thank you to Mo's family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we're going to break with another song before we talk more about your Umrah and about your trip to Medina and Mecca. Um, you chose a song called Medina by Marzain. Can you tell us a little bit about this song? It's, uh, it's basically a, a song describing the beauty of the Prophet's city, peace be upon him. Um, it's actually called Anashid in Arabic, which is, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's basically the uninstrumental version of a song. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's very soothing. Okay. So, hope you guys enjoy it. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. Benvenuti to Alice in Wonderland. Swagate Alice Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, the ocean girl, Hanyang Mida. On the one or one five. One five, the hog in Mida. Xin chào. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back to Elise in Wonderland on 101.5 The Hawk. It is 9.29 a.m. and we are talking to Momo about his trip to Medina and Mecca. Um, check us out again at Elise1015 on Facebook and we will update you with photos from Momo's trip and all sorts of stuff that he is doing for our community. <laughs> so, welcome back. We are talking about, after that lovely song, what a great song. I know, eh? We're talking about Medina. Um, and so th- Medina was your first visit. It was my first visit. It was supposed to be Mecca first, mm. but we ended up with complications with the flight. So we ended mm. up going to Medina first, which was fine. I got to spend two days with my mom, but that's a different story. Mm. We'll but, get into that. <laughs> yeah, Medina was, yeah, it was it's the prophet city. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the prophet city, peace be upon him, actually. Um, and that's when that's his, his 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 mosque is built there, and it was built around 622 A.D. Mm. Um, wow. And uh, as the years progressed, um, it kept adding, demolished, being added, some things being added, demolished, being added, and it was late until the Ottoman Empire era, where they demolished the actual um, the original mosque, and the Ottoman Empire, um, with the help of the Benzian Empire, actually built the actual. Um, what you see right now, but as the years progressed and it became the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, they um, put about six billion dollars worth of project into that mosque to what you see it today. Six billion. Six billion dollars, and it's still expanding. Actually, um, mm. it's one of the biggest mosques in the world. What's the name of the mosque? Uh, it's called the Masjid al-Nabawi, the Prophet's Mosque. The Prophet's Mosque mm-hmm. in Medina, and this is what we were looking up on Google Image, right, when we were mm-hmm. first talking yeah. about this. Mm, huge. Tell us a little bit about what this 
is like a six billion dollar plus mosque. First of all, fun fact. <laughs> the marble flooring surrounding like the acres and acres and acres and acres of the or surrounding of the mosque is all AC cooled. Mm. So it's basically liquid that runs right under the marble. So in the hot sun in Saudi Arabia, you can walk barefoot. Wow. Um, it fits about 1.8 million people at a time, oh which is God. a lot. I know. <laughs> um, one of the biggest scholars around the world come and pray there, um, lead prayers sometimes, and give lectures on like Friday prayers. Um, wow. Another f- another interesting fact is um, there was actually a lot of funerals. Um, a lot of people come from different parts of Saudi Arabia just to make sure that they get the the honor and the pleasure and the blessings of burying their loved one and and praying, having all these people actually pray um, for the, the the person that passed away. So mm. I counted about maybe seventy five funerals in the five uh-huh. days that I was there. Wow! Yeah, it's a lot. It's a, lot. It's a blessing though. So. Mm-hmm. So inside of this mosque, there is the Kaaba, which is that black box. No, no, that's Mecca. Oh, okay. Sorry, I skipped forward. Medina. I was excited. <laughs> so no, inside, the significance of that place is the Prophet, peace be upon him, is buried in there. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And so people come to listen to lectures, to pray, and pass messages to mm-hmm. the Prophet every single day. Mm-hmm. So how, how long were you here in Medina? Five days. Five beautiful days. Wow. <laughs> Five beautiful days. Um, basically, there's a big reward in passing your salam, which is your peace and blessings mm. on the Prophet, peace be upon him, in his grave. Actually, buried next to him is his two main um, companions, uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq and Umar ibn Khattab, where, which are the two descendants that actually took over the leadership of the the people of Islam after the Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then after these five days... Uh, you did travel to Mecca after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about Mecca. That was like a dream. Um, when you enter the area where the Kaaba is, um, where you, where people call the black box, when you enter in there, no pictures that you've ever watched, no videos, nothing you've ever seen does justice to what your eyes mm-hmm. beholds when you walk <laughs> in there. It was the most captivating, most mesmerizing thing that I have ever or laid my eyes on Um, and they tell you when you see it for the first time any prayer you actually pray anything you wish for actually happens and gets granted Hmm. Um, and um, just the ritual of going around it seven times just signifies what the prophet and companions used to do back in the day to worship Um, and um, just and also signifies the obligation that we have as Muslims to follow the footsteps of the Prophet and his companions no matter how much time has passed and um, it's just the most significant aspect of Islam is going around the the Kaaba in Mecca Mm -hmm. okay so there's actually every everywhere in the world Muslims are praying and they're praying in the direction of the Kaaba Mm -hmm. is that right Mm -hmm. and we we talked about this. There's actually an app that shows you which direction it is. Yeah, there's actually a, there's a couple. The, my favorite one is, is called uh, was it Ka- or Mecca 3D, and cool. it just like gives you the 3D version of Mecca, uh. and it gives you all the rules and all the um, there like the steps that you need to do and everything. So I, I studied that pretty well before I went, just so I didn't. Looked like a chicken with no head yeah, in yeah. the middle of the place. <laughs> you knew it. You standing. looked like you knew what you were doing. Yeah, yeah just, I can pretend like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, this is something that people, this is has a huge significance. Mm-hmm. And when you're there in person, 
in the place where everyone is pointing towards, mm-hmm. it must feel like it's surreal because it's powerful. like you're giving your chance and you're giving a chance for yourself and your soul to kind of be cleansed of every sins you've ever committed and mm-hmm. um, hatred, grief, jealousy. Like you're just like a reborn human being, basically. And it says in our in our beautiful Quran and it says in the teachings of the Prophet peace be upon him is that. When you do it and it's been accepted, either it's the Hajj, the main one, or the Umrah, the secondary one, mm-hmm. it's basically your born-again baby, and then your sins get washed away. And then the end of the ritual, actually, in tradition, is to shave your head. Mm-hmm. And kind of every strain of hair says it's the sin that's being washed away. Right. So it's, um, it's pretty cool because there's actually... We never used to pray to the actual cow, but there was a different, there was a different direction. And... Um, it was, it's actually called the Mosque of Two Direction, and the, um, the significance of that is the Prophet, peace be upon him, was praying one day, and Gabriel descended, like, they changed the direction of the actual prayer, and mm-hmm. in the middle of the prayer, he turned around 360 degrees, and now he was facing the Kaaba, and that mm-hmm. became the official prayer direction of Islam. Hmm, interesting. And so you said, um, before you enter Mecca... You have to wear. You have to change. You have to do some sort of ritual. Can yes. you talk a little bit about yes. what you did? Yes, it's called Umrah? entering the state of ihram, and the ihram just stands for the white, the white clothing, mm-hmm. like the two towels that you have to wrap around your body. Um, and there is a certain area, a border, right before Mecca that you have to um, put it in before you go in there. And then as you enter in that state of ihram, you can't use any kind of um, colognes or any soap mm-hmm. that has any fragrance, you know what I mean? You can't cut your nails, you can't cut your hair. You just basically, you are entering in a certain state that is pure, mm-hmm. um, and it stays like that until you finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time you want to do it, you have to go and take a shower, do the same thing, put on that clothing, and go to the border of the, the actual city, um, or a certain mosque that's designated to reestablish a state of Ihram and then come back and do the whole thing all over again. So basically the city is a chemical-free... Yeah, basically. Things, right? Well, once you're in that state, yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. But So you talked about um, the story behind why Umrah is done mm-hmm. and um, the, the many uh, cycles that you had to do while mm-hmm. walking before finishing your Umrah. Can you... I thought that was really interesting and something that I didn't know before. Can you talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, so um, we call it Tawaf. And basically, it's a direction where you, um, you're going around the, the Kaaba, which is a black box, seven times. Mm-hmm. Um, each time, you're passing a certain stone, which is they call it the black stone. And an interesting fact about the black stone is when Abraham, peace be upon him, was finished building the, um, the Kaaba, and there was one area that needed to be covered, so Gabriel descended and gave him a stone from heaven, uh, directly from God, and... Stone was actually white when he came down to earth, and because of man's defiance, man's sins mm-hmm. and stuff, the stone turned black over time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why now they call it the black stone. Um, and then after that, you do something called the Safal Marwa, which is the traveling or the running between two mountains. And mm-hmm. the significance of that is um, Ismail's mother um, decided to do that when her son was. Um, kind of dying or thirsty of water mm-hmm. and it was at a place at a time where um, he could really be significantly like his health was at risk so she went between these two mountains asking God for water um, knowing that God was there you know believing that God was there that uh, that he would uh, provide 
Um, and that's where the well of Zamzam was kind of originated from. Um, it was dug up, mm-hmm. and the uh, water kind of started flowing from nowhere in the middle of the desert. Hmm. That kind of saved her. And so this is where people bring back holy water. Yes, that's where the holy water is called the Zamzam water. Zamzam water. And you brought me some, and I feel very blessed. Thank you so much. (laughs) Have you tried some yet? I haven't tried some yet. I haven't needed to go there, but I'll have it there just in case (laughs) something goes down. So um, apparently you're allowed to take a one five-liter jug of holy water back with you? Yeah, I know five liters. Just five liters? Everybody in my family told me, that's all you can take, five liters of water on... I, you know, and you're allowed I mean, to take that liquid back? Yeah, you, it's like every passport that comes into that country is allowed to take one out if you're coming mm. for those two trips. Very cool. Um, but you know me, I came back with 23. So. <laughs> <laughs> Some for everyone. Some for everyone. You're very generous. Yeah, yeah, very generous. That's up for everyone. Oh. Um, and another thing that I didn't realize, I, I always wondered, there is always prayer going on um, mm-hmm. in the Muslim religion. It happens five times a day. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder, why why so many why times a day? Times and when you explained it to me, it totally made sense. So can you explain to our listeners when you pray and why it happens so often? It's funny because a lot of people think we used to just pray five times a day. Mm. Um, back in the Prophet's time, peace be upon him, we prayed a lot more than five times. Mm. I think it was more like a thousand or something like that. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, descended up to the heavens. Mm-hmm. And uh, we believe that he spoke. Um with God, and as he was going to different levels of the heavens, uh, the other prophets kept asking him, you can ask God to decrease the prayers, it's okay, he's merciful. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that happened, until it went down to five, it's a long story, but until it went down to five prayers, and mm-hmm. that was the mercy that was kind of put on us for us, so we could only pray five times a day. And the uh, significance of that is, basically, your, the prayer kind of uh, deprives you from sin. Um, it keeps you away from sin. You know, when you pray five times a day, it doesn't really leave you much room to uh, do any sinning during the day, even though it happens, but it's supposed to kind of it reminds steer you. you. Yeah, day, it reminds yeah. you throughout the day that you're worshiping your Lord mm. um, and that um, you should stay away from sinning. And we believe that when you pray, um, your heart gets cleansed, right? And the more you pray, the more things become deviant to you. You don't want to do them anymore. Mm. Um, so... Um, yeah, it's you got one at 6.30 in the morning, you got one at 1 p.m., which is your mid-afternoon, 3 p.m., sunset prayer, which is on sunset. Um, and then you end in a night prayer, which is uh, around like sometimes 7.30. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it just, you wake up remembering God, and you sleep remembering mm-hmm. God. That's kind of the, the point of it, basically. So you're always remembering God. Okay. And another amazing thing happened to you while you were here. You got to see your mom. Oh, yes. After yes. 10 years. 10 long years, I finally got to see the love of my life. Oh, and man. I spent two days in the beautiful city of Medina. It was actually one of the most... Ner- like, the first time I seen her after being away for so long was 2008. And that was, like, a little nerve-wracking. But I was young. didn't mm-hmm. really... F- feel the significance of it mm-hmm. and then 27 years later or well, 10 years later at 27 years old i was scared out of my boots <laughs> it was the funniest day ever my heart was racing it was we actually have a clip of you so momo this is the, 
This oh, might come back to haunt you no, one day. Okay. Not this clip, it's, but it's okay. He's gonna have a suitor later. You, play, you record so many significant moments in your life, which is amazing. And so we're gonna play uh, the audio from you sure. walking to meet your Let's mom and some of your, you know, stream of consciousness thoughts. That, and then we'll get you to comment on that. Hey guys, it's Momo with the Momo Experience. This is probably one of the most important videos I'm gonna make here. Um, I'm actually walking to see my mother after, what, 10 years of being apart. I'm like shaking right now, subhanAllah. Um, I don't know, man, like nervous, I'm excited, anxious. There's just so many things are going through my mind right now, subhanAllah. But all I know, I'm gonna get to kiss my mother's feet after like 10 years. Um, in the most beautiful city in the world, subhanAllah. Words can't Maybe describe. I'm like, I'm, tr I'm like literally catching my breath. Literally, that's yeah, how excited I am. I was only walking. Stay too. tuned, man. Stay tuned. All right, I'll give more to come. It's crazy. A lot of people ask me why, like, after they seen that video, like, why did you kiss your mother's feet? <laughs> and like, we believe in our religion that heaven is under the feet of your mother. So it's a very significant reward when you drop down in humility and kiss your mom's feet. You know, and that was that was. It's crazy because like. A lot of people don't understand the the significance of when you actually do it. It's just this feeling you get of like, you know, you just you feel humility, humility. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you realize that you know she's the mother that birthed you. You know, yeah. like, that's what you owe at least. And it's such a cool story because not only is this an amazing thing that you you got to reunite with her, but also you know the manager of the hotel that was she was staying yeah, at saw man. this happen and offered you a room key to yeah, stay it was such a miracle. close like, to her but it was it was a miracle city so i have to happen like it was just a miracle we were so odd it was just you know he was surprised like what's going on you know mm -hmm. and we explained to him that we haven't seen each other in a long time and he's just like well this is probably one of the best things I've ever seen in my lifetime in a long time, and I'd like to give you guys two free rooms on me instead of having to walk across kilometers to see your son every day. You only have two days. <laughs> We're like, dude, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so nice. Love it. At first we were hesitant, and then after, like, you came back and slid the uh, key card. Hotel room key. Yeah, the hotel right. room key card in my pocket, and I was just like, all right. <laughs> I ain't going to complain. Yeah, I only you have can't resist my this. No. <laughs> Um, so needless to say, this was an amazing experience for Surreal. you. There's probably Surreal. hours and hours we could cover. Oh you my talking goodness! About. And I know there's time. hours of video because I've oh, yeah. seen them. <laughs> there's not enough time. Um, so if you could sum it up, what what do you take away from that um, trip? Um, the amount of humility, the state of humility that everybody that goes there. Mm -hmm. um, I met people from so many different countries. I met people that were beautiful on the inside and out, and they're all there for one reason, to worship Allah and to worship God. And it made me realize that we're divided for no reason. You know, it made me realize that with the amount of love and the amount of acceptance and the right discipline, you know what I mean, and just that little bit of faith, mm. I just feel like the world could be a better place, you know what I mean? And going to these places, it makes you realize that there's so much hate being portrayed outside in the media and outside world. And when you get into a place like that where God himself doesn't let kind of that kind of negativity in, in his house or around his house, and you just see all these beautiful people doing the one thing on their own and just doing the same thing, it just makes you want to be a better human being. You know? Especially with so many people from all over the world yeah. in this one united yeah. cause and, and feeling and place. 
makes you feel humble that you were honored to be invited by by God to actually come there. Hmm. You know, it's it's truly an experience. I think this is the the most significant Momo experience I'll ever experience ever in my lifetime. Momo experience. So I thought getting married or something. <laughs> so they say. And you, you do have a wedding coming up at some yeah, point. Yeah, inshallah, very soon, very soon. Hopefully, in like a year, maybe. I can't wait to meet her. Yeah, I'm so excited for you guys to meet her, man. Um, and hopefully she's listening or will be listening out she's there. She's actually tuned in in yes. Facebook Live. Oh. I, I totally you want to do a quick in. shout out to yeah. her? Shout out to Razan, Rosie. <laughs> Rosie, we can't wait to meet you. No. You've, I know you've had such a positive influence on this guy. He talks about you all the oh time. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's something else. Um, and so before we wrap up, we actually had quite a few listener comments while we were talking. So um, our first question was from Anthony, and he asked, uh, Momo, what have you leaned on to overcome adversity and some of the struggles that you talked about? I think it's a combination. Um, I think my father had a huge role into always making me see the bigger picture. I think the start of the Momo experience was something that not only was for other people, but it was something to help me out of my depression. Mm -hmm. Um, And God, you Mm -hmm. know, first and foremost. Uh, And just the idea that we're only human. Like, you know what I mean? And I always tell people, just do yourself a favor and take it easy on yourself and be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we're not invincible. We're not robots, you know. And there are times we're going to feel weak. There are times we're going to feel low. There are times we're going to feel inspired, motivated, captivated. But it's like a roller coaster, man. Life's going to go up and down, up and down. You just got to hold on. That's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, shout out to my mom. Yeah. <laughs> she asked. Mrs. Pipitone. Yes. Uh, do you speak at public events? And what message would you like to share with young people struggling to find hope for themselves? Yeah, so I um, I volunteer to speak with Tammy, which is the Talking About Mental Illness with the Canadian Mental Health Association, CAMH. Um, when I do high school talks, I always kind of let them know that um, you are, first of all, you're a hero to your own story, and you are strong for having these issues. Mm-hmm. You're not weak, actually. It's the completely complete opposite. It's the 360, because it, anybody could be healthy, normal, and coast through life with no problems. But it takes this true warrior to not want to get up in the morning because he's suffering through depression or he's got problems in his life, but yet he gets up, put on his boots, and, you know, says, I'm ready, let's take on life. Like, mm-hmm. those are true, those are strong people. And, like, I've met some very, very, very strong individuals that inspire me. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? A lot of them inspire me, and, like, Maybe this and is the first time they've actually heard that they're inspiring someone else. They, man, I, there's not enough time, you know, I mean, to even list, but there's a lot of inspiring. Yeah. And I think the most inspiring to me are the autism students that I work with, you know, their, 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 their outlook and their views on life. And sometimes that's enough for me to get me going in a day. Mm. It's beautiful, man. Very nice. Um, what do you see yourself doing in five years? Where do you want to be? The classic interview <laughs> question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's job interview. Luckily, yeah. I've been preparing for that question. Yeah, I think I'm sure you I, have. I, I see myself touring the world mm-hmm. and changing people one mind at a time, mm-hmm. um, helping eliminate the stigma of mental health, finishing my third book, um, and two kids. Oh. Two kids, maybe. Rosie. Yeah, two kids. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking two kids. Two kids is, I think three is too much for me, but two kids, I think I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, hopefully, maybe boy or girl. Mm. Uh, maybe twins. You never know. Mixed. Yeah. 
all. But definitely, definitely in the in the in the business of uh, changing worlds, changing right. lives. That's really that's it. That's a really great Inspire. goal to have. And so you talked about a book. Tell us what's next for you. I know you're working on a book. There's a documentary going on. Mm-hmm. You're a busy guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about some of the stuff um, you're doing. So the book is a self-help autobiography. Um, starting where I left Saudi Arabia and journeyed here to Canada mm-hmm. um, and then leads up to the diagnosis and my trip to Mecca and how I reestablish my way again and find myself again. Um, it's called The Momo Experience, The Art of Being. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost finished very, mm-hmm. very soon. Um, and the documentary is a, um, a series of series in a new series as someone I know called Buna Muhammad. He's making um, and is tackling the mental health stigma and mental health in the Islamic community as well, as a whole. Mm. Um, And just my main goal is to make sure people understand that they're not alone, you know, because that is a very heartbreaking feeling to think that you are, Mm. especially if you're suffering from those kind of illnesses. Um, Is mental health um, something that's not really talked about in the Islamic community? In any community. And I think the way way I want to say Islamic community is because I've noticed it over the years that it hasn't been mentioned mm-hmm. and it's not something that's being tackled as much um, and to be honest if you tackle any faith you'll see the same uh, issue and same problem and I think it's because people have this um, idea that once you're faithful then you will never have problems in your life and that's so not the not truth at all yeah. yeah it's not the truth at all I think it's the idea of faith is knowing that you're going to be struggling through your life and having mm. to hold on um, so it's kind of yeah it's nice okay great so where can people find find you and follow you and, and see what you're up to next hey man the Momo experience is everywhere Instagram <laughs> Facebook look me up Momo experience Instagram Facebook Twitter and Snapchat we'll, we'll definitely link some photos Absolutely. And, and some links to your social media and that is Momo 3 experience so it's M-O-E-M-O-E 3 X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E Momo experience and a little unique twist to it mm-hmm. yeah I like that yeah. I like the three, the 3 is the E and you're coming up third book and it's just I think the 3 is, <laughs> signifies there's always three different versions of you the mm-hmm. weak the one that's always inspiring and the one that's always in the middle and a lot of people think yeah. it's just one you know so I like that um, alright so again Momo it's always a pleasure I think it's been probably a, a really great learning experience. I oh, know for us, amazing. but for our listeners to amazing. see firsthand someone talking so candidly about their experience and about your faith and I'm what's honored. important to you and, you and how you want to inspire others. What you're doing is so great, and I want to continue to help spread the positivity. So, I'm honored. so we're going to so be humble. we're going to so be pumping you up me. all over our page. Oh, yeah. you guys are awesome! Thank you for having me. Like honestly, like it's. It's shows like this that people understand diversity mm. and learn to accept and love oneself before they love everyone else. So thank you. Thanks, Mom. Thank you. So next week we have a few things coming up. We have um, the on the thirty first we have Student Appreciation Day at Mohawk College. And that's going to be happening at Fennel Campus over here in the Language and Culture Center. We're doing mm-hmm. special stuff for students, and that's 10 to 2. I love student appreciation. Honestly, day. just come to the campus because yeah. there's going to be a whole bunch of free stuff and people giving you hugs and just appreciating how awesome our Mohawk students are. It's a place are. to be, man. Yeah. <laughs> college is a place to be. Um, and there's also a lunar eclipse happening on the same day. In the morning, you're going to see, I think it's called the super blue moon, but it's actually blood big moon. and orange. Is it blood moon or blue moon? 
I think I saw blue and is I saw blue? blood, yeah, but it is weird. red. Okay, it's red, right? <laughs> okay. okay, as long as we agree on that. Yeah. So wake up early on Wednesday before you come in and get all your free swag at Final Campus. Um, and we are going to end by having, this is such a nice song, Love is All You Need by the Beatles. Uh, just to reflect, just to reflect all the the great feelings coming from mm-hmm. the Momo experience. Huh. Again, thank you so much for being here. It was thank a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll see you all again next week. Have a great yeah. weekend, everyone. Peace, everyone. Salam alaikum.